there's a part in the Bible that talks about being unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's talking about marriage. But in that, I had to realize, like, that's also God. Like, the word is alive. And we have the Holy Spirit in us for a reason. We don't need to be unequally yoked with people we're doing business with either, especially in partnerships. And so that was specifically why I left, like, a seven-figure income stream back in 2021 was, like, I couldn't make it work because I was working with an unbeliever. And mm-hmm. it was like, nope, like, there's no way I can make this work. So it mm-hmm. had to shut down because I can't be in partnership where people, where the other partner is leading people astray from God. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be a part of it. So I walked away. Right? As seen on Fox, CBS, Health Alert, and recently the New York Times billboard, we have the beautiful Kayla Craft on with us today. She is the new best-selling author of What Do You Really Want? She's a top-rated podcast host and a seven-plus-figure business owner. I play this press as you, friend. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can, a light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it, be it, love people, be kind, honor them, honor yourself. This is made to shine. Welcome back to another episode of the Made to Shine show. As you just heard in that introduction, we have the beautiful, amazing, and inspiring Kayla Craft with on today. I am so excited for her to be on the show. Kayla, thank you for being on. I'm so excited to be here. I love this podcast, Made to Shine, because I I just am totally behind this mission, and I can't wait to see where our conversation leads us today. I know. I'm stoked. And again, as everybody knows, the mission she's speaking about is that we all believe here everybody has a ministry. It's not just preachers. It's not just pastors. It is the way you live your life and shine the light in all spaces that God has trusted you to occupy. And Kayla, what I've seen you do from afar, which inspired me to reach out initially, is you're doing that so beautifully, whether it's being just this amazing businesswoman talking about finances or with your new book coming out or with being a mom, being a part of a family, like in every space that you hold, you shine this brilliant, unique light that I know comes from the spirit. So I'm so excited to have you on today. And before we dive into all things books and finances and all the jazz, we've got to kick off the show the way I kick off every show, which is what is your favorite quote and why? Ooh, I think this is probably going to be random for people listening in, but Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And we're a huge hockey family over here. So, you know, pulling out a Wayne Gretzky quote, but I feel like so many of us are focused on, well, what if I fail? So we don't even try, you know, 
because we don't have all the steps figured out. But really, we're here to see what shots we can make. And you have to just keep trying over and over and over again. That's one thing I've learned in my career is that, you know, most of the time you're going to fail. It's actually, you will have more failures than successes. And I wish more people would have told me that when I was 18, when I was 23 and, you know, started my first business, that failure is a part of the process and you will have some wins along the way to keep you going. But, you know, if you're really in this like game of life and you're living full out, you're going to experience a lot of failure. So good. And it makes me think of scripture, like, um, the word is a, a lamp unto our feet, right? It's one step at a time. God doesn't yeah. give us the whole staircase. And I think it's because he knows we have people like myself, and maybe it sounds like you that have that tendency to want to have it all figured out from oh, the yeah. get go. And if you did, there would be no reason for faith, none at all. You would not need God at all. And so I love that. And I love like, Watching your journey from afar, one of the initial reasons I started following you account is your account is because of finances. Like I am so inspired by you as this just kick butt businesswoman, and you know all the jazz about finances, all the stuff. I'm curious, like this relationship with failure that you're speaking to, kind of take us back and give us some context. Like, were you always just this super confident woman running all these amazing multi-figure businesses and about to launch a book? Or what are the most important pieces of your story that kind of helped you with that relationship with failure you spoke to? Yeah, such a good question because I know people will look on my social media now and be like, she, it must have been easy for her. And they got to go back. And I talk about this in my book. You know, I was raised by a single mom. My dad went to rehab for the first time when I was five. And then they got a divorce. So it was really us. And I lived with a lot of shame because my dad ended up in jail. And I always was like, gosh, like if people find out my dad's in jail, like they're going to think I'm a bad person. And I really carried that weight for quite some time until like I remember having an encounter with God when I was 11 years old. I got my prayer language at church camp and I started to see and experience life differently from that moment because I realized like, okay, I am not, you know, my, my earthly father's child. I am the godly father's child. I'm made in his image. So just because he chose, you know, my dad to be my dad, I'm not going to follow in the same footsteps. God has other bigger plans for me. And, you know, I just continued to strengthen myself in the Lord and he built up my confidence from that place. I remember there being a shift in middle school where it was like, no, I'm going to talk to people about the Lord. I remember like, you know, helping people go through the sinner's prayer at junior high. And, you know, like I was so on fire for God. So cool. And I became a nurse and got married when I was 21. So I was young, had my first child at 22. And I started entrepreneurship at 23. And I think that's really important because people are, whoa, <laughs> like you're a nurse. Now you're an entrepreneur. And God just like kept, you know, bringing people in my life that were entrepreneurs and it kind of gave me the buzz for that. Like, gosh, what would it look like if I got to make my own hours? Not knowing at the time I was going to work way more than 36 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. No one tells you that about entrepreneurship. Right? No right? one does. And, but there was something there. I really wanted to follow that path. So I got involved in network marketing because that was the simplest way for me to see like being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I became a millionaire by the time I was 26, had three kids at that point. And what happened is I started to be a little more self-reliant because I thought, oh, I did this. Like I mm -hmm. created this team. 
that does, you know, a hundred million in sales a year. I did all of this. And the self-reliance pulled me away from God. And I got into some dark, like new age things in my, you know, late twenties and God really, thank God, uh, kept fighting for my soul. And about three years ago, I had a total like come back to Jesus moment where it's like burn the ships of trying to do everything on your own, like your success, like all of that stuff was God given. And, you know, he anyways humbled me in so many ways. And that's also like how the book came to be because I walked away from multiple seven figure income streams because I mean, looking back, I would do it differently. But at that moment, it was like, I had to go all in on God and what he wanted for me. And so I walked away from things that I felt were ungodly and yeah. And here we are today. (laughs) God God will work everything out for his good and, you know, for his glory and also for your good. He wants you to be happy. I really truly believe that, but sometimes you have to walk through a lot of valleys and I, you have to have those humbling moments of failures and losing. I mean, I've lost millions of dollars in bad investments and, you know, again, trying like not praying about things going, Oh, I'll do that. It sounds like a good idea. And everything Kayla touches turns to gold and then you lose your money. You do that enough times <laughs> you start to wake up and go, okay, wait, something wrong here. It's so true. Well, and going back to that self-reliance part of what you're speaking to, we all drink that Kool-Aid. I mean, yes. it doesn't matter if it's it's money related or if you're like, I'm the best mom in the world because my kids love me, but just wait till they're teenagers, honey. You know what I mean? It's like, we all have this like self-reliance thing. And when you spoke to like moving away, leaving millions of dollars on the table, moving there, I'm curious, you talk a lot about like God changing your desires and, mm-hmm. and kind of how like they talk to me about how, um, that process of God changing your desires so much so that you were willing to shift your treasure from being this monetary thing to being God himself. What did that look like? Well, the more I studied Jesus specifically in the new Testament, the more I realized that Jesus didn't like, he loved everybody, but he also lived a very offensive life where just him being him, he offended people. I mean, he didn't have to say anything, him just being there made people mad. Right. And the more I got to know Jesus and have a relationship with him, I stopped caring so much about what other people thought. Cause what happened is I kind of made my programs and made my events to be worldly friendly to attract more people. And you see a lot of like mega churches doing that too. Right. But when you really get to know the heart of God is like, he's, he's not after like trying to make you happy, you know, by his words or by his actions, he's going to be um, a light for the father, you know, our father, God. And if you don't like it, like that's okay. He's planted a seed in you. And I just started to realize that like, not everybody's going to like me. I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that is okay. Um, because God will, you know, turn all things for his good and for his glory. And so that really, that's what I mean by like, it transformed my heart because I stopped living for the world and living for what they thought of me and started really, you know, focusing on what God has for me. I love it. It's so funny. I was literally just in Luke and it was talking about when Jesus was like, I did not come to bring peace. Like that is not why I came. I get like, I will divide. I will put brother against or son against father, daughter against mother, daughter against mother-in-law. And, um, and, but I'm curious too, how we're all about practical on May Design. So it's like, practically we're called to love people 
but there's also this point of what we say might upset them. And so how do you love someone knowing that what you say might cause a divide between you and them? Yeah. So I think it's really important to understand love and agape love. Love is not, uh, okay, you know, I'm fine with your sin and I'm just going to live with you in your sin. No, love is, hey, here is your sin. If you're a professing believer, here is your sin. This is what I have a problem with in your life. And, um, you know, like, let's, how can I help you work through that, you know, like, and change? And most people are not going to like that (laughs) whatsoever. They're not going to like you pointing out the sin. Just like we don't like it when people point out our sin. But as believers, we have to do that. That's really what iron sharpens iron means. It's not like, oh, we're, let's make each other feel good all the time. It's no, let's, let's go, let's grow. Mm-hmm. And I think love is that. I have three kids, 13, 11, and nine. And my love for them right now is saying, hey, no, you can't have social media. As much as you want it and has all your other friends want it, this is unsafe for you and it's going to damage your brain. And they are mad at me. Mm-hmm. all the time. They want social media. And I just keep praying, Lord, change their heart, give them new desires. I have to stand firm in that. That is love because mm-hmm. I know if I give them this thing, it could harm them. Right. And yeah. God looks at that, that same way for us. We might want something, but he goes, Oh, if I give her this, it's actually going to not be good for her. So I'm going to withhold it because I love her. And until she moves and grows, you know, and becomes closer to the person I want her to be, maybe she can have it later. So that is love. Love is not accepting. Like I wouldn't accept the fact that my children, you know, like to do bad things all the time. No, I'm going to redirect them and help them make better choices. Mm-hmm. And like just, you know, I have a kid that doesn't like veggies. And I'm constantly having to redirect him, try new things, like just, you know, get the veggies in there and teach him, teach him, teach him, right? Like that's what God's going to do for us too because he loves us. Yeah. That's so good. I once heard it put like a good father, like what constitutes a good father? It isn't necessarily a good father that gives you everything that you want. Right. It's one that, that loves you enough to say no. So that long-term you can be more fulfilled and and more healthy, et cetera. And so I love that. And I think too, when we think about the desires of our heart, we live in such a I don't know. I think a lot of times, even Christians, we treat God as a genie in a bottle. Like, hey, I want this thing. Hey. And we think because he's the Jehovah Jireh, the provider, like he's under contract to give us the things that we want. And so I'm curious, like, you know, you've, when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, like you had this whole experience of building all these businesses and being successful and then coming back to God and like leaving things off the table. What perspective of finance? I think people struggle with this as a Christian. Like, am I allowed to dream big? Am I allowed to want to make a lot of money? Am I allowed to do those things and follow Jesus? Like talk to me about your heart with that right now. Well, absolutely. I think that more Christians should actually be convicted in like knowing they should get rich and build wealth for their families and for the kingdom of God. I think most people have a poverty spirit in the church and like they need to be like a poverty spirit. It's like, like, woe is me. Um, you know, I'm supposed to suffer and it's supposed to be hard and, oh, well, I should give all my money away to the church and I should give all my money away to poor people. And here's the thing. That's a very much a poverty spirit because actually We need to think about the money that God has given us is seeds. And so we need to be careful where we sow our seed. I used to, when I first started making money, I felt bad for everybody. 
felt bad for everybody who didn't make as much money as me. And I'd give money like this. And what money does is it usually enables people's bad behavior and it doesn't call them to rise to the occasion and figure out what they're capable of. And so you actually need to be very prayerful about giving money to people who are struggling because it doesn't call, like, if I always had, you know, somebody, I've never had anybody come to my rescue when I needed finances. It was like, no, I had to rise to the occasion. God gave me an idea, something fresh. And I went out and sold something, right? So that, and it's, it's strengthened me in the Lord because I've realized, wow, every time like God has come through and we need to realize as Christians, we are the more, most resourceful people on the planet because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so we constantly should be having divine, fresh strategy connections that only God could make. And I get really passionate about this because- no, this is, I love this because I think this yeah. is such a stigma for yeah. young women, especially. Yeah. And it's so, uh, it's crazy because if you read Proverbs 31, like- and it talks about being a Proverbs 31 woman. People will think, oh, it's, you know, she got her house ready and she did all this. But she, she was the one that was like making the investments back in the day. Like she was the one making sure that their seed multiplied. That's what God created us to do is to be multipliers. And most of us are not being multipliers because we are not thinking about money as seeds, about our talent as seeds, our gift as seeds, our time as seeds. And every time I give that, how am I multiplying it? You know? So we, we really do need to be more intentional about it and break free from that poverty spirit because the enemy uses that as a stronghold over so many people. And I believe that now is the time that more and more Christians will be getting into the business space and more and more Christians need to be doing business together. If you look at the Muslim community, if you look at the Jewish community, they, I don't know the exact rate, so you guys will have to Google it, but they pass hands between Jewish people and between, like, between their own community, like, I think it's like 16 times before it leaves and goes into other people's hands. Why are we not doing that as Christians? Why are we not being more mindful of, of that? You know, it's because we've all had, like, a veil over our eyes and we're not being intentional with our finances at all. So we have to take the time to be more intentional and and really see where God wants us to put the money. So I know I kind of went off on a tangent there. No, that's so. This is exactly where I wanted to go. That intentionality. Do you think that comes from education, awareness? Does that come with time and experience, failing forward? Is that something that like where where does this veil come from? Do you think with like young women where they're experiencing right now? Well, first of all, I think that it should come from within the church. It doesn't unless you're going to a church that's really like teaching you these financial stewardship things. Most, most churches don't have this. And so you have to look for a support system around you, like listening to Annie's podcast or coming to listen to Crafted Entrepreneur podcast, right? We're going to teach you these things and it's all free. You know, it's free information that you're getting that can help you change your mindset, but who you consume will, you know, make you who you are. Right. So like really have, um, that's what I mean by like uh, education and having that support system. So it doesn't always have to be like, I need to go to a finance class. It's you have to think like the rich people think. Okay. And if you think like, you know, your parents thought who maybe struggled live paycheck to paycheck, it's, you're going to struggle. You're going to be on the same struggle bus. And so you've got to think completely opposite of how mm -hmm. you're currently thinking to get to where you want to go. 
and rich and wealthy people, they are the most generous people that you're going to meet, but they're very intentional about their generosity because they're going, is this kingdom building? So if I give this money here, is it going to multiply the kingdom? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, they're going to withhold and say, God, show me where else to go. Right. So you got to, they do think long and hard. I believe it's a full-time job to manage your money. And I don't trust anybody else to manage my money more than myself because I'm, I mean, I'm checking in on it every single day with having a conversation with my CEO at 6 a.m. every morning because my businesses bring in money daily, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, God, where do you want this to go? Is it going back into the business? Is it going over here to missions? Mm -hmm. Is it going into an investment? Like I'm constantly having that time to be still and say, God, where do you want this? Most Mm -hmm. people are not doing that. They're going, hey, um, I'm just going to go through the motions and try to do the best that I can. And they kind of let life happen to them because maybe they're doing better than their friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they feel pretty good about themselves. But if you checked in with God and you really like, uh, if I'm sitting next to God, who is the throne, who is on the throne, how would I be handling my life right now? Most Mm -hmm. of us would be filled with shame because we're, we're not doing a good job. So God doesn't want us to be filled with shame. He wants us to use him. He wants us to be in partnership with him, building our lives, which ultimately builds his kingdom. And in that partnership, there's obviously the external teachers you were speaking to, but also that internal teacher of the Holy Spirit. And one of your podcasts I listened, you said, every decision I make is led by the Holy Spirit. I'm curious. I feel like the Holy Spirit, it's a language you have to get to know how have you like what does that language feel like to you how do you know when this is the right business move versus this was the right business to leave alone when you left all those well everything so we sometimes we will always hear things that will justify what we truly want (laughs) so you got to be careful there everything that god is going to ask you to do is going to be backed by scripture so in a business decision you can go and say okay i'm going to find something in the bible that's going to back up this thing I heard from the Holy Spirit. It's got to be in scripture. So we got to know it's biblical based. Um, you know, there's a part in the Bible that talks about being unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's talking about marriage. But in that, I had to realize, like, that's also God. Like, the word is alive. And we have the Holy Spirit in us for a reason. We don't need to be unequally yoked with people we're doing business with either, especially in partnerships. And so that was specifically why I left like a seven figure income stream back in 2021 was like, I couldn't make it work because I was working with an unbeliever and it was like, nope, like there's no way I can make this work. So it had to shut down because I can't be in partnership where people, where the other partner is leading people astray from God. I'm not going to be a part of it. So I walked away. Right. That's biblically based. Like, no, you need to be with people who are sharpening you and pointing you towards Jesus. Yeah. I think about, I was listening to, there's a pastor, do you know who Ben Stewart is? No. He's great. So he preaches uh, Passion City, DC, but he talks about, one of his books is about dating. And he's like, the Bible doesn't talk about dating, but it talks a lot about evaluation. And so he's like, just like you said, the word is alive. You can go into the scripture and with the context of like, What's on your heart that you're asking Mm -hmm. God for, God will answer in his word, whether it's a business partnership and relationship, dating or whatever have you. So I love that. So, okay, again, we're all about practical here on Made to Shine. So when you're in the middle of like trying to make a decision financially or like, do I write a book? Do I not? Which we're about to get to your book. But what do you do? 
you open your Bible and you just go, I'm just going to read this passage and see if it talks to me. Like, what do you practically <laughs> do? Yeah. Well, I think God gives us wisdom, right? And we have wisdom from, you know, being in a relationship with God and studying the word of God. But he's given me these like principles that I live my life by or values, you could call them, right? And so they have to first, like I have a, I did a whole podcast on this because I was struggling with decision fatigue. And sometimes you have to make quick decisions, right? So you always want to go, is this in alignment with my values? So it has to pass the values test, you know? So it might be, okay, faith, family, um, my health, and um, like legacy, let's say. And, you know, does it pass that? Okay, then we can go to step two if it passes all that. And most of the time, <laughs> the decisions that we're making will easily not pass the values test. So you're just like, okay, no, that's a no, right? No, I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> Most of us don't even do that. We're just like, oh, but it makes me feel good right now in this very moment. <laughs> and they start to justify like, you know, dating an unbeliever. Like we'll, we'll justify all day long, but it's like, okay, right here. Well, your values no, don't one. change no matter yeah, what season exactly. life you're in. Yeah, but we'll justify and try to get to step two. It's like, no, it's either a yes or a no here. It's very What did you say your values were? Faith, family. So like, and when I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about I need to, they need to be Jesus believers because mm -hmm. you got to be very clear about that these yeah. days. Yeah. You know, because some people think they're a goddess and a God and we're not on the same faith page. Mm -hmm. Okay. So be very clear about what you believe and be able to back it up family. So when I break down the family is like, is this good for my family? Does this help my family? I have three kids, like I said, and I have a husband that's extremely busy and like, uh, not needy, but <laughs> you know, like, uh, he's my number one priority, you know, above my kids too. So is this good for chase? You know, so it has to pass all these people, you know, is it good for me and my health? So I built my business where I burned my health into the ground. My adrenals were completely burnt out because I was in the health industry for so many years and I under ate for 10 years. Mm. and it was not good. My hormones were wrecked, all this stuff. And I always said yes to traveling and all this stuff. Then I found, oh my gosh, I couldn't get out of bed in 2020. So uh, my health is like up there. Like, is this good for my health? Yes or no, right? So I think it's very important. Like those are simple values, but do we take the time to figure those out? And I mm -hmm. talk about that in my book too. You're, I keep saying, I talk about that in my book, but I really break this down in the book. Like, cause I know you're saying practical. Like I have a worksheet after every chapter because I'm a very practical person too. Like, okay, how do I apply this to my life right now? Mm -hmm. Know your values, yes. know your values. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that's important when um, you're making a decision, remember that God gives you wisdom is you need to understand what your mission is in life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what is your mission? My mission, I feel like God gave to me to really help people understand how to build wealth for their families. And I specifically do that through investing in real estate and investing in some like startup companies. And like everything I do, I want to make sure that people are creating wealth in their lives. So does this help with the mission? Like, so mm -hmm. if I say yes to this podcast, right, to going on Annie's podcast, is it going to help increase? financial intelligence, emotional intelligence for people, and eventually build wealth for somebody listening to that podcast. 
it's an easy yes, like for sure all day long, it's going to help people. So yes, I'll do the podcast. Do you see that? Yes. Like, but I have the mission in mind. Now, if you were um, probably not a faith-based podcast and very secular and, you know, whatever, I wouldn't go because it would fall on deaf ears. It would mm-hmm. probably not be the best use of my time at mm-hmm. this point in my life. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, does that help? It does because what I, I'm actually reading a book right now called Boundaries, and Ooh. I can't remember the author, but it's I'll see the information. It's amazing. Um, one of the best books I've ever read because it talks about the importance of boundaries and how boundaries are from God. Like in Genesis, God created the world in different days. He set parameters on His creation, yes. and each part of creation had boundaries. The sea had a boundary before it hit the land. Like, and I think what's so powerful about what you're saying is you can't say yes to everything. You yes. cannot do it at the expense of doing what God called you to do. And like also being able to hear his voice. I was listening to, um, you know, Craig Groeschel. He's yeah. a great guy. So this morning I was listening to a sermon on um, like calming an anxious mind. And he said, Jesus always created space to hear from God. Like after he preached, before he got up in the morning, he created space. And if you fill your day with all these yeses, one, your yes doesn't mean very much because you're giving out to everybody. But two, there's no space to hear from yeah. God. And um, I know as a, as a writer myself, like there's a lot of discipline that comes into play to create space to be able to hear from God an idea that you're like, okay, this is so God in my heart. I'm willing to go through this value system and figure out, am I going to dedicate my time to writing a book on it? Yeah. So I'm curious. With what do you really want? Like, talk to me about that moment when you were like, oh, okay, I have an inkling this could be something. What was that? So I've been coaching women for the last 12 years, and I didn't realize that I had created my own coaching method out of what I was doing, you know? And so uh, an agent actually was listening to my podcast, and she reached out to me, and she was like, you do have a book. I had talked to her like years prior and she was like, you don't have a book. Like you need to flesh some things out. And anyway, she was listening to my podcast and then she finally uh, quit her job at a big publishing company and started her own business from listening to my podcast. So she was like, your stuff works. We got to figure out like your method. And so I was like, well, really like, here's what we do. Like if I reverse engineered my coaching, here it was. And it was take seven. And so that was the idea for the book. And I really did it because she reached out to me and uh, helped me. Like she was like, I want to be your agent and all that kind of stuff. She got me a really great deal. And that was two years ago, which is crazy because I feel like it takes forever to write a book. Like, wow, uh, it's been forever long. But, you know, I had that support team. She's been amazing. And then I hired a ghostwriter to also help me because I'm a talker and not necessarily a writer. And so she and really different. helped. Me. It's different. Yeah. It's two yeah. different things. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so she really helped me like put it into an outline and like figure out what it is that I wanted to say. And it came out so beautiful. And I'm super excited about it because how I look at books, like I have books everywhere. I am obsessed, fiction or nonfiction. Like I love reading. So I knew I there was always going to be a book for me, but I look at this as like, I want to be a part of people's homes. So like they could be like, oh, like, you know, I'm really stuck. 
I need to figure out what it is that I really want right now. Oh, great. I have a book called What Do You Really Want? Go to the bookshelf or go to the coffee table and pick up this book and go through the take seven method in here and you'll know what to do. So it's not a one-timer like, oh, I'm going to read this book and it's just going to sit on the shelf. It's like, you know, those books that you'll keep picking up and picking up because every season is going to have something different for you. And so that's what I wanted this book to be is like, it has its own life, you know, that it's going to take on. So uh, anyways, we put that all together and the book was called, what do you really want? Because that's step six in the take seven method. And I at first thought like, what? but then when they showed me the cover, I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to buy this. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to stand out at Barnes and Noble, you know? Yes. Uh, anyways, now I'm like, this is the best title of a book ever. <laughs> I love yeah. think people. The reason they don't know what they really want. And I like that you like put that word really, because I think it's either like, do you think it's, we're not aware enough within ourselves as to who we really are and our creator really is. So we can't identify the actual desires of our heart, or we are saturated with so many things to want that we want so much that we don't know what we really want. Well, most of us build our lives out of our wounds. So uh, for instance, I love that. I love that. Okay. Like, because I was raised by a single mom, we never had enough money growing up, right? Like I always was like, oh, money would fix my problem. So of course mm-hmm. I pick a job as a nurse that has a stable career timeline, mm-hmm. right? I knew I would always have a job. So that was very steady. That's not really, I didn't pick nursing for the right reasons. Like I picked it purely because I knew I was going to have a job <laughs> that was yeah. secure. Okay. That was making a choice for my life out of a wound where really, if I would have said, okay, like looking at all my gifts, all the things that God gave me, like nursing wasn't the best move for me. I'm great at sales. I'm great at communicating. Uh, I have a gift of discernment. Like coaching really is like my, my passion and marketing is my passion, you know? So now what I'm doing fits so much better into how God designed me to be. And I think that's where I talk about it. I don't remember what chapter it is, but we go through a timeline of your life we go like, oh, okay, that's when I decided to start accepting this in my life. And that's not really what I ever wanted, but I did that because I was hurt. You know, like a lot of us as women, we have female trauma. We were bullied by girls or we were not included, made fun of, uh, you know, and that causes us to go, you know, I don't really like women. And then we put a wall up around community when God made us for community. And so what do I really want in friendships? And it's okay to really say, well, like, yeah, I really want females that are like this, like this, like this. And yeah, that's, so it's not just for like, you know, just your finances. It's for every area of your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you seen The Chosen? No, but everybody keeps telling me to watch that. Oh, Kayla, you would love it. It's the best. But the opening scene, it's basically where they're doing the credits. It's like all these fish that are swimming one direction. And then one fish turns around. And it's like all of them are gray. And then the fish that turns around is blue. And then another one turns around. And I, what was coming to mind was that scene. Because I was like, this is so good. Because I think so many people are riding the wave of culture for what yes. it's like popular to want, what's celebrated to want, what social media, like what goes viral to want. Yeah. And 
it's like in order to get what you really want, it requires that willingness to be different and that willingness to sit and be still with God and not be so busy that and stimulated that you're just kind of riding the high of whatever the, the crowd is going in. Yes. And, um, and I let, and there's one line in particular I want you to speak to because it was so good, which is intellectually, you can know God is good, yet on a subconscious level, still believe he's not. And that hit me square between the eyes because I do think this is such a problem for so many people. I'm curious. I mean, you're a coach. So what are you hearing and seeing that kind of led you to, to write that nugget right there? Well, what I've seen, and I've experienced this in my own life too, so I could speak to that experience is uh, what our earthly father was like is what we tend to look at God as. So if our earthly father was a punisher, then we look at God as a punisher. And if our earthly father, you know, really was absent, then we believe God is absent, which was my experience, right? So I'd be like, okay, like I know people say God is there in everything, but I don't really see him. And remember, we will find proof for whatever we truly believe in. So if I believe that God's not there, I'm going to find proof that God's not there. All, I'm going to find all the things, you know, when really it was God protecting me from stuff. But that's, that's what I've seen over and over and over again. And the, the father, like when we look at the godly father, it says in John 10, 10, like he, if us as sinners, we want to give good gifts to our children, how much more does the father in heaven want to give good gifts to us as his children? And we talked earlier about sometimes those good gifts, like, you know, eating, eating your veggies, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it in the they moment, but it, good. it is a good gift that makes you into who God wants you to be. And so, you know, we've really got to study who God is for ourselves. We have to have our own relationship with God and, and let him work and sanctify us. Romans 12 too, you know, renewing our mind and say like, okay, I fall out of agreement with the accuser of the brethren because the enemy wants to come in and he wants you to accuse God. He wants you to look at God like you look at your earthly father. Even if your earthly father was great, you know, we're going to have issues. And we have to understand that our God in heaven is not human. He doesn't change. He's constant. He has agape love for you. So he, he doesn't hold things against you. The moment you ask for forgiveness, you receive it in full. You are covered in his grace, right? And like, that's the truth that we need to know and believe. We will only know that if we study God's word, you know, and really let that just sanctify us over and over and over again. I was talking at a Bible study yesterday and, you know, we were saying like, gosh, like the older I get, the more sensitive I am to things of the world, like where we don't want to be around it. And it's not that it's age. It's, well, we've been like, we've been in this Bible study for five and a half years. And so like, we've been going deep in the word together for five and a half years. So our spirits have been strengthened in the Lord and we are repelled from the world's stuff now, you know? And so that's, you want to be in Christ like that. You want to know him so well. So that way you could tell the difference between your earthly father and your heavenly father. That's so, so good. I, um, going back to the transformation of the heart we were talking to earlier, I was thinking about, you know, well, I don't know if this is because it's almost lunchtime, but I was thinking about food and I was like, what's interesting is I'm super into intermittent fasting and I like cut out sugar for, I was 
in love with sugar. I mean, in love with sugar, like Starburst, Skittles, that was my go-to. I just love to snack on sugar. And I went a couple months without sugar and my taste buds changed. Yes. Like all yep. of a sudden, even like in fasting, I had a big part of this, but I had like 85% dark chocolate the other day and it was so sweet to me. Whereas six months ago, I would have been like, that is disgusting. Get it away. That is the most bitter thing I've ever thought about. And when you were talking, I was thinking about how knowing Jesus, it's like that process for our heart. Things that once tasted so sweet are too sweet and things that once didn't taste good at all become so delicious. And that's kind of the process of, like you said, sanctification. It's like the taste buds of our heart change when yeah. we bring Jesus into the process. Um, and so I love that. And I know we're almost on time here. I'm curious, like rounding out question on this amazing new book that you have coming up. What do you help people leave with? From the book? What do I yeah, help people the feeling, with? the affirmation, like a young yeah. girl reading your book, what would she, what would your hope for her to read it? Leave I hope with? she would just feel that you always have a choice to make. And I think sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice. We feel powerless in a situation because um, we don't maybe have the education, the network, the experience to know that there's always more than one choice to make. And after going through this, it really helps you learn different perspectives on how to look at things. And so you can always make an empowered choice behind what you're doing in your life and know that, hey, like I talk about how, you know, I burned the, the ships and I walked away from multiple things I was doing because I was like, this isn't working. I want them to have that, that confidence to pivot if they need to. You know, like, okay, yeah, this isn't working out and I don't like it anymore. I'm okay with starting over at ground zero tomorrow because we understand that it's never really ground zero. Yeah, I might have to start over financially, but I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I have different experience. I have a better network. I have, you know, the take seven method in here that's going to help me make a better choice every single day. And in the book, I have this quote, I'm probably going to say it wrong because, and I, whatever, coined it, but <laughs> you know, people say you're one decision away from a totally different life. And that's such a lie because people will make the choice. I'm going to start the business. Uh, I'm going to write the book. I'm going to start a podcast. That's one decision. But then you got to make a decision the next day to record the podcast. Then you have to make a decision on how you're going to market the podcast. Then you have to make a decision on who you're going to have on the show. I mean, there's so many decisions that actually build the life you want. And that can be extremely overwhelming. And so when you just take it, the last step in the take seven is what's the next best step? Take your life one step at a time. Let God, many are the plans of men, but God will direct their steps. Make the plan, but know that God's going to have your best interest at heart. He's going to shut the doors that are not supposed to be open. And he's going to open doors for you that you can't even imagine are going to be open for you. That's why I have chills saying that because I look at my life 12 years ago. I had no clue that I'd be living my dream life today. Uh, you know, like even like this, I didn't even know this type of life was available to me. Yeah. And, but God did. God always had a plan, you know? Yeah. And so you just got to trust it. Has it been hard? Every year I say I had the hardest year of my life. I'll be honest with you. Every year I say that at the end of the year. So it doesn't get easier. But when, as you're strengthened in the Lord, you're able to withstand the battle. 
and go out and fight it every single day because we are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Yeah. We serve a victorious God. He's already paved the path. So when you trust him with all your heart, you're going to end up with a great life. I love that. And like, you know, think about hiking. The elevation kicks your butt when you're yeah. closer to the top. Like the, the more strong you get, the more you're climbing up that mountain. That's where things get harder. But the irony is that's where you're also getting stronger. Yes. And when you were talking about one day at a time and like one step at a time, it made me think about the Israelites and how God gave them manna one day at a time. It wasn't like, here, go store your your food for the next year. So, you know, you got it. It was every day posturing your heart to expect God to provide, but not totally knowing that he will. That's faith. And if yeah. that's how you bring it into the business world, into friendships, into relationships, into book writing. Um, and so, Kayla, thank you. Thank you for being on. Where can people find you? And when does the book come out? Okay, so you can find the book anywhere that you guys get books from. So called What Do You Really Want? It's out March 5th. So as you guys are listening to this, uh, you can get it anywhere. And I'm also, for anybody who, you know, gets a book right now, they'll get access to my course called What Do You Really Want? Where I'm going to take you through the Take 7 method, which makes it awesome. But you can listen into Crafted Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're already a podcast listener of Annie's, I think you'll like the Crafted Entrepreneur Podcast too. Even you if will. you're not. I've listened. In the, yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're really like faith-based. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, I just believe everybody should live their life as an entrepreneur, really taking ownership of the results that you get, at radical responsibility in your life. So yeah, listen over there. And you know, I'm Kayla Craft on all social media channels. Awesome. Kayla, thank you for being on Made to Shine. Thank you. beautiful friend. I hope that this episode blessed you and brought a smile to your day. Hey, if we're not already hanging out on social media, go find me on Instagram. I'm typically living in my stories over there or join my weekly email fam. You can find the links for that on my Instagram as well. You guys, I hope you were reminded from this episode today that you are a light and you are called to go shine it in all spaces that you hold. And if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate if you shared it with anyone that came to your heart and or a review would help me so much. Love you guys. Go shine your light. See you next week.